I am Daniel Lucas, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He's award-winning and best-selling author, no other than Mr. Joe Clifford. How you doing, Daniel? Thanks for having me back. Yes, welcome back, Mr. Joe. I think you will be my resident guest on Book 101. And as usual, can you please introduce yourself? My name is Joe Clifford. I'm the author of about 20 novels, including some edited anthologies in there. Uh, I've been doing this for the last oh, 15 years or so. Uh, I wrote the Jay Porter Thriller series and and the uh, the cult memoir uh, Junkie Love, which chronicles the 10 years I spent homeless and addicted on the streets of San Francisco in the 90s. It's uh, about as fun as it sounds. Yes, we talked about Junkie Love last episode. Tune in for that, people. Something else. The memoir of Mr. Joe Clifford. And today, let's talk about Give Up the Dead. Yes, that was the, the third book in the five-part uh, Jay Porter thriller series. It's probably the, the, the book that did the, was, uh, had the, most, uh, the best critical reception uh, following maybe the original. But uh, it was up for, an, uh, up for an Anthony Award. Fifth book was up for an ITW Award. But yes, it uh, it was uh, it's 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 a favorite of, of many fans of the series. Um, it's also you know pretty sad for when when you get to the end, you'll see why. But uh, yeah, that that one's uh, that one uh, sold particularly well in the uh, Porter Porter series. Yes, Anthony Award nominee for best novel in his series. And Mr. Joe, how many series are they in this book? The J. Porter. There's five. Novel? There's five books. Um, in 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 the, in the series, uh, I you know when you t when you write a series, you're really supposed to write each book as a standalone. And, and though each book does work as a standalone, um, it, it more accurately I think would be described as five books. Uh, you know that, that comprise uh, one story. Um, I I. I, I broke a lot of rules doing that, but uh, the Jay Porter story, is, it's, it's an overarching uh, tale of, of, you know, greed and corruption that, that, that touches on some real life stuff that happened in, you know, in, back in Connecticut with my father and, and the Manaforts and everybody knows who Paul Manafort is. Uh, it was the same family. Um, and so this was a fictionalized version um, of 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 the crimes that family uh, committed, and I'm sure it's no no surprise to hear that, you know, uh, the rest of the family were a bunch of crooks too. Uh, the Manaforts are not nice people, and so uh, in, in Give Up the Dead, we have again again we have Jay uh, sort of beginning to uncover um, just how uh, nefarious and, and, and deep the uh, the Manaforts here they're called the Lombardies uh, reach in New England goes. You know they have their hands in, in quite a few, quite a few things. Uh, you know, I don't think calling organized crime is, is too far, uh, 
of a stretch. So, Mr. Dirt, do you think in the future you will continue the series until 10? You know, I, I, I did continue it, sort of. I mean, I I wrote a book called Say My Name, and it's it's essentially the sixth Porter novel, uh, although more of a meta version, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of like they did with Nightmare on Elm Street, where they're filming a movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, or, or, or one of those movies. Uh, I, you know, whether I go back to the, the actual Jay Porter universe, uh, I mean, I'd love to, the truth is Ocean View, the publisher owns the rights to the character. And I love Ocean View dearly as, as people, but they are, they have a very uh, specific idea of what they want in a novel. And I don't think I entirely agree with that point of view. Uh, you know, for, you know, for me, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the human story, the, you know, the, the frailties of, 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 of the human psyche, the, the, the moral failings, the, the, that despite our best efforts, we often fail. I mean, how many people can be excellent uh, by definition to be extraordinary? You have to separate yourself from the pack of the ordinary. Most people, uh, you know, you know, when you're told as a kid, you're going to be, you know, I got kids. I tell them, you know, you can be anything you want to be. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lying to them the same way my parents lied to me. You, we, we can't be anything we want to be. One in one in a million gets to be a superstar. There's, there's only a few, you know, there's a handful. The, most of us lead, you know, the, the lives of quiet desperation. And, and those are the people, those stories fascinate me. The people who get up when they don't really have a reason to get up. When they go to a job, they, they don't want to necessarily be at. Uh, when they somehow survive the day without punching somebody in the throat and make it home, you know, to, to a, a husband or a wife who isn't entirely appreciative of the hard work they're putting in. Uh, you know, these working class heroes, as, as John Lennon called them, are, you know, they would they they make the world run. And Jay Porter is the quintessential, you know, working class hero. He's not, not educated. He's not, um, I, you know, I think he's got a certain intelligence, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, uh, you know, smart from school. He didn't go to certainly didn't go to college. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's got that Rocky mythology, you know, the taking the beating and taking the beating and taking the beating and just trying to make it to the finish line with no hope of winning. There's something romantic in that for me. And those are the stories I like to tell. So, and I'm not sure that that that's, that's what readers always want, or it's not, it's not a sunny uh, uh, depiction of, of life. A lot of readers read to escape and, and, the, the one criticism that the Porter series and my work in general, uh, it's, it is, you know, that it's depressing or that it's, um, dark. And, uh, and I don't know what to say to that other than, you know, I, I look out the window and I see a world and what I see, I translate into words and, and it registers for some people and, and some people it, it doesn't, uh, I will say that, the, you know, the most of the people who, who walk around, you know, complaining that Holden Caulfield whines too much and catch in the rye tend to be the, the most miserable, deluded and whiny bastards I ever would meet. So uh, you can take from that what you will. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, you know, it's just, it's a way of looking at the, the world. And I don't, I just don't, I don't see the point of sugarcoating, uh, sugarcoating something that's not very sweet. Definitely. If it's salty, it's salty, people. <laughs> so, Miss Joe, what was the right? So, Mister Joe, what was the writing process like for this book? 
give well, up the dad. Well, you know, this one, you know, it's it's the middle, it's the middle book in a series, which you know, I want to avoid a few trappings. I knew where we were going. I knew where it was going to end. I, I had the last line of book five and I, all this stuff was mapped out, at least mentally. And so, you know, much like this middle section of a book, I, I want to be sure that I didn't just have a bunch of stuff happening to try to, you know, get through towards the end. Um, I had to have a story that was compelling in its own right. And uh, I found the story when, when I had Jay looking to take over uh, the estate clearing business. Um, and also, you know, his relationship with his best friend, uh, you know, Charlie, um, you know, plays, plays, plays a center role. And in the mystery, it's, it's both specific to that particular book, but it's also, you know, big piece in the, in the bigger puzzle of what's happening throughout the whole Porter series and, and Adam and Michael Lombardi and, and what they are doing um, to make money. And it's not necessarily, you know, criminal. Uh, but then again, you know, I guess uh, Henry Kissinger wasn't technically a criminal, was he? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it depends who you ask, right? I mean, you know, there's plenty of people who, who don't uh, serve time behind bars, but I think we can all agree they're they are doing evil, rotten things. Uh, and so, yeah, Porter is the, and every man um, finds himself in the, in, the, in the midst of that. Definitely. So, Mr. Joe, how did you come up with a title of Give Up the Dead? I, uh, every Jay Porter book, with the exception, I believe, of number five, and then I pick up the tradition again and say my name, which, like I said, is, is sort of a Porter six. Um, every book... I sneak in a lyric from the song by the great, uh, late great Gordon Lightfoot, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, I find a way to sneak in a, a full lyric. I don't know why I picked that book, I mean, picked that song for the series. I mean, I love the, the song, it's a great song, uh, maybe because it's just a, such a cold, wintry, sort of sad dismal song that seemed to fit the the tone of the books but anyway um the lake it has said it never gives up her dead uh and that's a line from uh, gordon lightfoot's uh, the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald so that's where i got it and also you know giving up the dead in terms of jj he's you know he's forever haunted by the death of his brother um so you know it works on on several levels uh yeah. Great, great title of the book, Mr. Joe. So, but before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in Norway because in Norway I got number 14 on the Apple chart. Because in Oslo County, I got 40% audience share, Ragalan at 27%, Viking at 9%, Buskarud at 9%, Mayor of Gramsdal at 4%, Versfold at 2%. And many more. Thank you so much, Norway, for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created in power writers all over the world, like Mr. Joe Clifford. So, Mr. Joe, can you describe the main characters or themes in the book that readers can look forward to it? Well, I always like, you know, there's a there's a line in, in Nick Hornby's uh, High Fidelity where he talks about rob gordon talking about he could have sex with this girl and he's like but it would have been you know a sad single person sex kind of like tell you shire and rocky if you know 
it wasn't Rocky. Uh, Jay Porter is, 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 is like Rocky. I mean, the Rocky, uh, you know, ethos, uh, and is, is front and center. It, I mean, the story of Rocky, you know, the movie, what Sylvester Stallone, um, did with that, uh, character, uh, rang really true to me as a kid, especially my father was an amateur fighter. You know, the movie came out in 76. I was a, you know, I was a few years old, but I, you know, I remember, uh, just the impact is it's probably my favorite movie that or Casablanca. Um, in, in a lot of ways, Jay is, is very much Rocky. If he wasn't Rocky, I mean, he doesn't have the, the shot at the world title. He's not going to get center stage. He's not going to necessarily get the girl. Um, he's not going to win the fight. Uh, what, what Jay Porter, uh, his strength and, and what my strength is as well. And probably where, where our two characters overlap is an ability to um, take a take a punch and keep going, uh, you know, banging a head against the wall and not quitting. It's it's really a it's an underrated superpower. Uh, it doesn't come in handy often, but I I was blessed with it or cursed with it, and so was Jay. And so uh, you know, there's something to be said for not you know giving up and fighting a fight you know you can't win. Uh, there's some dignity in that. So that's certainly what um, Detsu Jay is. And he also has his friend, Charlie, uh, who is his sidekick. Um, and, uh, and also Fisher, who's, who's, who's the third and third wheel of their, of their, of their little detective uh, trio. Um, Jay and, and Fisher don't particularly get along. Uh, but Jay being so singularly focused on what's happening, uh, doesn't see, uh, his friend Charlie is maybe drinking a little too much. Um, and so that comes into play. Uh, and of course you have, like I said, you have the Lombardis in the, in the background and, in, in, in this story, I, uh, you know, it involves a, um, I believe this one has the orphanage in it, uh, an adopted kid. I, you know, there's, there's two plots in every, every one of these books, you know, there's the, there's the personal plot and the professional plot. And so, you know, they always end up overlapping um, in the end. And, and like I said, this, you know, this is, a, this is really a five, a five, five books that tell the story of one. So, um, you know, going back to remember exactly what I did with this book was that God was what, 2017. Uh, it's kind of amazing how many books I've written and can keep all this stuff in my head. Um, but if I remember right, this is the one where his, uh, his competitor, Owen Eaton is, is, is is has found some because uh, he's in a state. Jay's in estate clearings. He found some um, merchandise that uh, they're com they're competing over. And inside the merchandise, there was an armoire. I believe there's a a secret deed or piece of paper or or something that that keeps them um, looking and investigating. Uh, this was the one. Yeah, this was the one that had the the Pras sugar bush. Uh, uh, takes place on a. Uh, uh, maple maple tree farm uh, uh for the big the big climax i named that after a friend of mine uh rich prosh so if you're listening rich there you go um so mr joe did you draw from any personal experiences when you're crafting the story or characters i'll give up that dad well they're all you know it, all these mama books deal with with you know elements of addiction and the downtrodden uh you know, in, in in the Porter universe, there's the Turnpike, which is where all the seedy hotels are, and the truckers stop, and the 
and you know the working girls or or uh, uh you know I don't know, however you, I don't know, Jesus, I just call them working girls. I'm 53 years old. I sound like I'm 98. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're, you know, the prostitutes and the truckers and the drug addicts and, and all these, uh, all these sorts hang out. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a world I know well. I mean, I lived, I lived, you know, in those hotels and, and, you know, in San Francisco, back in Connecticut, in Vermont, in Minnesota, in Massachusetts. I mean, when you're when you're when you're a homeless, addicted drug addict, you know, and you need to get inside. Like you can't exactly go to the Four Seasons. You go to these 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 places that you see, and you see them all the time when you drive by them on the, on the turnpike, and you're like, who the hell would ever sleep in there? Well, the people who sleep in there, the people who can afford the forty three dollars, whatever it is that get inside and stay warm for a night. So um, that that world is, is something I, I'm, I'm very familiar with. It's, it's you know, it's central to my person. Uh, it's, it's how I, I really spent a large chunk of my life. Uh, so yeah, I'm always I'm always drawing on that and, and, and using that to, to, to paint that universe. Very well said, Mr. Joe. So what do you hope readers will take away from your book after finish reading it? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, I, I when I wrote these books, the Porter books, um, I wrote them. I wrote the story I wanted, and it didn't make my publisher particularly happy. I don't think it made my my agent very happy. It did make a few readers happy, and and the readers who liked it really really liked it, and they really really liked um, championing. Uh, the, the you know the marginalized and the disenfranchised and there's something about that wretchedness that I was able to paint that that rang true to them. It also made these books a very easy mark for criticism. I believe I don't want to misquote Publishers Weekly, but I believe they called this one unrelentingly bleak, uh, <laughs> which which is great. Uh, and yeah, I mean it, it, they're bleak novels. They're not. They're not. Uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for a cat to solve a mystery, and and and, and you know the, the girl and, and the guy, and, you know, the girl from the big city, and you know, or Hallmark movie, whatever whatever they do. There's a whole bunch of things that people read and write, and The Bachelorette or one of those TV shows, you know, has 18 million viewers or whatever it gets, but people watch it. Like so. Yes. I'm saying like, you know, like who am I to criticize? People like what they like. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get what people do. I don't. I don't understand a lot of, uh, you know, things they like. But, you know, I, I never caught onto the reality TV, and that's all there is. You know, my, I catch my kids. They're watching YouTube all day long, just playing video games. Not my kids. The, the people they're watching. But my kids are watching them. It's like I'm just like, and they're just fascinated by it. So I don't. Who knows? It's Bob Dylan. I don't know how it all got started. I don't know. <laughs> the lives. I. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I write, I write books that, that I, I would like to read and, uh, you know, if Celine wasn't exactly a, a, you know, a laugh riot and, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just the kind of stuff I do. And, uh, for some people it um, it, it speaks to them and, you know, if I, you write a book true to you and, and, and tell a story that's the true to the characters and, 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 you know, you're hoping just somebody's going to relate to it and, I've gotten a few people to relate to it. Uh, I'd like a few more because I'd like some more money, but um, there's only so much I'm willing to bend. I, I, I can only capitulate so much. I can't change who I am. I mean, I can. I just don't 
want to either. <laughs> I don't feel like <laughs> why I should. I, I don't. I just, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of people in this world, man, and we're we're all we're all different, different strokes, different folks. I don't, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of my favorite singers, uh, Frank Frank Turner, has you know lines like you know the just like the books I read will never be bestsellers. Um, uh, it was one of my brother's favorite songs. We shall not overcome. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, it's 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 what I like and what speaks to me. And and I it would be nice if it was a broader appeal, you know. And you could hit something like a Gone Girl, the Girl on the Train, uh, which I think are fantastic books because it's not like I, I eschew popularity or commercialism. I think those are I don't those aren't dirty words for me. Uh, but there's only so much I'm willing to do to to get there. I mean, I you know I I, I will go to my you know, deathbed saying the bachelorettes is something to put on TV and people who watch it, uh, sorry, my lovely wife, you know, are not are contributing to the, the dumbing down of society, but Hey, you know, who cares what I think, you know, I, you know, I have book sales today. So <laughs> definitely it's your opinion, Mr. Joe, were there any partner authors or books that influence your writing style or the content while you're writing, give up the dead. Yeah, uh, um, you know Russell Banks is 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 uh, is a huge influence. His Affliction, you know, which is just just classic upstate, you know, northeast miserable, you know, that kind of upbringing. <laughs> uh, uh, Russell Banks plays a huge role. Uh, he's probably the single biggest. I mean, the single biggest literary influence is Bruce Springsteen, without a doubt. Uh, but literary uh, wise. Uh, Russell Banks, um, who I had the fortune of, of interviewing and then uh, the misfortune of uh, emailing and scaring the hell out of him. I believe he blocked me on his email. <laughs> but he's a fantastic writer uh, and, and Affliction is an amazing, an amazing book. And uh, yeah, there's there's uh, there's a line in Affliction. I'm, I'm not going to get it right, but it was something like in the women who are cursed to love us. Um, so yeah, I mean that that that's really you know in, J, in Jay's case, you know, his ex-wife Jenny, and he has a child, and there's people who are cursed to love him um, because he's a hard guy to love. Uh, and I know Jay so well because so much of 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 Jay is me, and I'm not entirely Jay, but uh, so much of that character is is tied to me, which which always made the criticism. You know, it's, it's been several years now, uh, and I I received a lot of good press about this book, but. You know, when, when you write a book, it's kind of based on you and the way you are. And people are like, God, that character is a jerk. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard not to take some of it personally. But, you know, I'm older now and, and, and you know, who knows? I mean, it's, it's what I do. And if you like it, buy it. If you don't, you know, it's not going to change my life. I'm going to go down, you know, play golf later on. So, like, I mean, I, I've given up kind of the idea that, you know, I have to please everybody as much as I can give up the idea that to please everybody. Yes, life is too short to please everybody, people. So, Miss uh, Joe, according to Bookzilla, five plus stars, excellent. What are the elements uh, that you put in the novel that make this five plus stars excellent? Well, you know, there's the, the verisimilitude of the, of, the, of the day worker, uh, you know, my father had that job. My brother had that job. My other brother had that job. Most people have that job. You know, where you get up at five in the morning and you get in your, your dirty truck and you're, you know, you get your coffee at the gas station and, and you head off somewhere. And you, I, I, I've never, 
you know, much like Springsteen, who, who admitted finally when he was on, you know, Broadway, like, you know, I read about all these blue class, working class heroes. And, you know, like, I'm a fraud. I've never, I've never worked a day job in my life. I mean, I have worked, uh, you know, I, I worked a couple day jobs, but it's been, I didn't spend a lot of time in the trenches. I just, um, uh, I just don't, uh, you know, uh, nine to five life is not, you know, working. Uh, it's just not for me, that kind of work. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I can write books for, you know, 28 days straight, but I can't, I can't do what Jay does. Um, so yeah, that's, that's being true to that kind of character. You know, and I saw that with my, you know, especially my, my brother, um, uh, you know, which I draw a lot of inspiration from. Um, so that's, that's probably, you know, what I tried to get the most accurate and what resonated it the most. And I, I'm guessing that's why people liked uh, you know, the book enough to give it five stars. There's plenty of one star reviews out there for the book if you want to find them, which I always find much more entertaining. Than five. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Can you share a memorable moment from your writing journey that had significant impact on the book? Uh, the writing of this book or just my writing in general? Just writing Give Up the Dead. Uh, well, I mean, the last scene of this book is. Um, is drawn, I don't want to give it away, but it's drawn from um, a real life experience from my, a friend of mine, the book's dedicated to him, Troy. Uh, and I describe a scene that happened in Troy's life uh, and I describe it exactly the way it happened. And it's, it was a hard scene to write. It's a hard scene to read. It's, um, I think it's, I think it end, you know, ends this book perfectly. But yeah, you're not going to put it down after reading that scene and go, all right, let's go <laughs> and go, you know, pick some apples. And like, no, I mean, these are these are depressing books. You know, these are depressing books. So, Mr. Joe, how important was research in creating the world or context of Give Up the Dead? I, you know, I, I want to get that part right. Um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the, 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 the story of the, of the, of the working class hero. Um, so, you know, I mean, so much goes into writing a book, man. You, you know, you, you got to get, you know, you've got the plots and the characters and everything else is tied together and you got to, you know, with the, you know, you have the action, the tension and, and, and breaking down components as to how, to how you constructed this or that, you know, in the abstract is, is a little difficult. It's a, you know, this is a composite of, of quite a bit of, um, your life, your, your thoughts, your, your daily experience, your observations, uh, your, your commentary, the themes you're trying to get across. And, you know, you've also at, this, at the heart of it, you've got to have a story that's compelling. If you don't have a story that has somebody turning the pages and keeping them up all night, um, you're not going to make it very far as a writer. You've got to, uh, you know, you can, you can't have a character sitting around <laughs> A diner, you know, talking to his buddy for 80 pages, which is what most writers uh, starting out like to do. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino syndrome. Uh, and, and we, you know, Tarantino can pull it off because he's Quentin Tarantino. Most of us can't pull off two people having a conversation in a car and make it as memorable as Jules and, and uh, Vincent, you know, to start Pulp Fiction. Uh, it seems it seems easy, but it's 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 deceptively impossible. It's hard to do. <laughs> but before we go, Mr. Joe, I'm inviting you to my other podcast, 
uh, Food 101, our fourth season already, people. Fourth season with Chef Alessandro, one of the best executive chef in one of the five-star restaurants in downtown Toronto. So listen, Food 101 plus our books are out, not only one, but 13 volumes, people. Food 101, Volume 1, Basics, until 13 is only the books that you need to create a delicious food available on Amazon and leading online book tours worldwide. So, Mr. Joe, what message or lesson, if any, would you like your book to impart to readers? Uh... It might be your what well, just a Homer Simpson. It's, it's the worst day of my life. It's the worst day of your life so far. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would love to have a, a, a chipper sort of uh, rosy outlook, but um, I just don't see life like that. I mean, I, 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 I you know, I, you, to borrow a page from uh, you know AA, which I hate. You know, you don't give up before the miracle can happen. But I do love those bumper stickers and and that 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 one is is you know kind of true right like we have hope you know hope there's always hope left to quote frank turner again uh, yes there's always hope left and and i guess that's the reason why you know i write these characters and i write these stories is because even though it's almost certainly not going to go their way there is the hope um that they're gonna get something right uh and the idea of a Pyrrhic victory is fascinating to me. Uh, you know, when we're so singularly focused on, on winning, uh, you know, the battle, you lose the war. That that so that's uh, uh, I might be getting that order wrong, but that's the story I tell in in, in the Porter books. It's a story I tell in most most of my books, and uh, you know, I try to leave uh, a little bit of of light at the end of the darkness. Um, yes, very well said, Mister Joe. So. Give up the data, Jay Porter novel. Can you please invite our listeners to support this novel? Well, yeah, you can find everything I do over at joeclifford.com. Uh, it's your one-stop shopping for all your Joe Clifford needs. That's where you can find all my books. Uh, the uh, TV show, uh, Culprits, which is based on the uh, collaborative novel I contributed to, uh, edited by Gary Phillips and Richard Brewer, is now airing on Hulu. You can find that on my website, and uh, if you want to just talk to me about uh, <laughs> some relative who's addicted to drugs and you want to know how to get them off, which is how, which is ninety percent of the, the email I get, um, uh, feel free to write me. I'll be I'll be you know here doing what I do. Yes, well, congratulations, Mister Joe. I hope Netflix will be the next for your series. Aha, Jay Porter novels. Good for a series or a motion picture? I would uh, love to see Netflix pick it up. I think it'd be a great Netflix series. I always, I always hear like the, the grandson song, Blood in the Waters, being the, uh, the theme song. I don't know why. I just can picture the opening scrawl and, you know, white, the white snow with, with red font. It just sticks out to me. But uh, yeah, that's, that's that song. If you get a chance to listen to it, Grandson, Blood in the Water. That's. That's the theme song to the Porter novels. Body got people, see you soon. Well